Hello and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Energy Podcast. I am Trainer Chip Ritchie, joined here as always by my regular co-host Azul GG. What's going on Azul? How you doing? How was your week? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, Chip. It was alright. It was good. Um, played in a couple tournaments now that I'm back on PTCGO instead of PTCG Live for streaming and content and stuff like that. I'm able to play in tournaments once again, which is nice. Um, managed to win one with Mew VMAX. And then I played another one. The GG Tour one was the big one over the weekend. I got top 16 in that. Wasn't able to quite make top eight. Uh, a couple misplays um, kept me out of that. But no uh, a good week, good, <laughs> good week overall. And I'm actually just kind of excited. I had a ton of fun playing in tournaments again. So I'm excited to play some more this week for sure. Nice. Yeah, that's good to hear. I'm doing pretty good as well. Had uh, some family in town this week, so or this weekend. So I got to hang out with some, uh, some family I hadn't seen in a while. I've got a 1K coming up this next weekend which i'm excited for get to play with some pokemon cards hopefully win a little bit of money i'm not 100 percent sure what i'm gonna play yet probably an arceus deck if i had to guess yeah. but uh it definitely <laughs> just feels like the safe like solid choice right uh where you I, I feel like arceus decks right now in the format are the ones that you have the most control over how your game goes compared to things like mu v max or jolteon or whatever else uh, there may be out there, but we'll talk more about Pokemon decks and the meta and such as we get into the podcast this week. Quick little breakdown of what we're going to be talking about this week. We've, of course, got Indianapolis Regionals. Registration has now come and gone for that tournament. We've been talking about the registration for EUIC the last couple <laughs> weeks, so I thought it was fitting that we uh, definitely talked about this just a little bit. Kept you guys updated with what all's going on there. Uh, we're going to spend some time this week talking about PTCG Live. You know, Azul just talked about how he has made the switch back to PTCGO, so we'll talk about all of those things and the various issues with PTCG Live. That has definitely been a hot-button issue in the community the last few weeks. We haven't really uh, spoken about it on the podcast yet, so we're going to take some time and chat about PTCG Live. Then we're going to take a look at a few new promos that came out this past weekend that will be legal for the European International Championships. Will these cards potentially have an impact? It feels like from time to time, these little promo cards kind of sneak in there and uh, you know can make a splash in the meta for these major tournaments just uh, unexpectedly. And then, of course, we will have guests that flavor text it is azul's turn this week to guess the flavor text that i pick for him he is currently winning one to nothing i couldn't uh couldn't fight back last week unfortunately so we'll see if uh, azul can take a pretty strong lead in the uh, the overall statistics this week and then we'll talk a little bit about the mid format lull which i think is definitely something players are experiencing right now just kind of like you've played so many of the different decks for a few months now the meta feels sort of figured out you know there's a few top decks that you can try to counter but they're obviously the best decks for a reason. So we'll just talk about that a little bit because I feel like that is something that players pretty regularly experience almost every single Pokemon TCG format. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely does. And then want to give a big thanks to uh, to everyone who's been watching the podcast. We passed 100 or 1,500 subscribers <laughs> this week, which is sick yes. to see. We're on our way to 2K. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get there by the time the next uh, episode drops. A big shout out to everyone who's uh, subbing to the channel um and uh yeah just listening to the the podcast in general it's been uh it's been crazy to see how fast it's grown and uh, we definitely appreciate the support 
Yeah, absolutely. All our YouTube viewers, as well as those listening on the audio versions through whatever your preferred podcasting platform is. Seriously, thank you guys so much for the support. It's been unbelievable. We're only four episodes in. This is episode number five. And uh, I think that it has already gone much better than Azul or I predicted it would. So thank you guys so much for, for making that happen. Uh, but yeah, Indianapolis registration happened this past weekend. It actually went live Sunday evening, yesterday. You know, Azul and I are recording this podcast on Monday night. So yesterday, the registration went live. And I think things overall went pretty good, especially... I think after seeing how disastrous the EUIC process was, uh, you know, organizers have was, kind of taken note of that. It feels like. Yeah, it was more than EUIC too. I mean, I don't, I don't think Liverpool or uh, Bilbo were as bad, but they they sold out in like minutes. I think. Yeah. I think Liverpool regionals and the Bilbo special event both sold out in like minutes. So it was definitely good to see it last uh, more than a day. The registration. Uh, the the availability to register um, because I think I mean we knew there was a an eighteen hundred player uh, cap for all attendees including staff, um, <clears throat> but they announced well in advance you know the date and the time right. you know when registration would be going up it was going to go up at seven p.m. yesterday and it was actually funny because I was I was out running errands when it was go- was going to happen and for some reason I thought it was seven my time uh, <laughs> and I'm on the west coast so I was like okay seven my time and then. Um, I was on Twitter while I was out running errands. I checked my Twitter and everyone was like, yo, registration's about to come up. It's about to go. It's about to happen. I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and that was, that was in a, it was an area where I didn't have great service. So it was like loading the RK9 Labs pages like really, really slow. So I got nervous for a second. Like if it did hit cap in like a couple of minutes, I just wouldn't make it. Uh, but no, it lasted all the way until uh, today. Um, registration was open all the way until earlier this uh, afternoon. Uh, and then they even met, added more, spa- uh, more spots uh, after that. Um, so it didn't sell out immediately when registration went up. It was available for, I don't know, 12 hours, 16 hours uh, for people to potentially. Uh, it did eventually fill up after that. Uh, and then a few hours later, more spots were added. Um, and then that filled up again. So that's capped. So currently the master's division is capped. And I think, is that the only thing that registration was open for? Was it actually just master's division? Or did they open it for everything? No, I think it was open for everything. It was definitely okay. open for everything, uh, but I think that Masters TCG was the only thing that capped right away. I actually am not yeah. 100% sure on VG stuff for the VG Masters, but I would imagine that there's space in pretty much every other game and every other division. I actually saw something on Twitter where like uh, <laughs> the Pokemon Go regionals, uh, there's only one senior registered currently for Pokemon Go regionals, and the top two spots get a trip to worlds paid or, or an invite to world sorry an invite to worlds the winner of the regionals gets a, a tr- paid trip so i mean listen there's only one person registered right now at last i saw so if you're a senior listening to this podcast you might want to you know try to figure out a way to make a trip happen play some pokemon go get yourself an invite to worlds potentially but um if you get yeah, nothing else better to do that weekend right sure uh, but it definitely feels like this is a you know, the organizers saw the issues that occurred with EUIC and, you know, made do with what they had. Now, I will say there are still definitely issues with this process. Um, and it's just kind of going to naturally be an issue when 
there is such a low cap for these regionals. You know, still selling out in a day is not a lot of time because not everyone who wants to go to this regional championships is regularly on Twitter. You know, not everyone probably even saw this announcement. There's no announcement on the Pokemon website, which has always been kind of wild to me uh, because if you're just not on Twitter, not on Pokemon social media, but you're a Pokemon TCG player, you know, someone who lives in the Indiana area, you know, in one of the neighboring states, you probably would want to go to this event. But if you're just not super involved and keep up with all that stuff, you're not able to because you just didn't know about it. Uh, but that's just going to be those people are going to be left out no matter what the situation is, as long as there is a cap that's of a size similar to this. Right. Yeah. And that's definitely something they can fix by, you know, having ideally I mean, maybe if you still hit the cap within like a week, maybe that's like reasonable, right? Like there's always going to be a cap, right? Like they can only, right. you can literally only fit so many people, even if they, even if they uh, bother out the whole convention center for the weekend, you can still only fit so many people in there, but they have to also be, you know, they can't just be like spending an, an absorbent amount of money trying to prepare for every situation, right? So there has to be kind of a balance to it. So maybe, and it seems like, um, you know, they probably weren't prepared for this many masters. I don't think um, for the, even Indiana regionals, because they seemed pretty confident that the cap wasn't going to be hit. I saw a tweet from someone who's like help or helping organize the Indiana regionals. I forget who it was, but they seemed pretty confident. They were like, I don't think it's capping is basically what they tweeted and it's capped already for the masters. Division. Bro, That's the only capping. division you yeah. <laughs> and masters division TCG is the only division you have to worry about capping. That's literally it. Nothing else will cap unless Masters caps so hard that they eat up spaces from other division, other games and divisions, which it looks like is maybe what happened with the added spots. Now, maybe they just had some floating spots open, um, but that could that can be a problem as well, right? Because you don't want the Masters Division TCG to get priority over other games as well, right? Like, you don't want us to, like... You want to give every game first. their chance, their fair shot, yeah. at, like, you know, having a good amount of people show up, right? Yeah, we don't want us to just cap first and then eat into 100 spaces from the VGC side of things. And now all of a sudden they cap when uh, I don't even it was v, yeah, VGC registration was live. So when they register, um, then, you know, they're getting capped out, too, because of that. So um, but I don't know. I mean, ideally, you want all the spaces to be filled if there is there is room. So you don't want just like them holding out on 100 VGC seats that are never going to get filled as well. So that should be kind of like a balance to it. Ideally, you know, the cap is much higher and we don't ever, ever get close to it unless we get really close to the event, ideally. And I think. They did a pretty good job overall, though. I think most people were happy with how it was handled, you know, giving us plenty of uh, announcement ahead of time. Um, and then the registration process was pretty smooth. The cap was high enough that it didn't sell out with even in like an hour. It was open for like 12 hours at least. And it sounds like there still might be some might be some more seats added. So if you weren't able to register for Indiana Regionals in the Masters Division, it sounds like there will be some more seats added uh, eventually from the last tweets that I saw. It sounded like they were going to try and make some more, okay. uh, some more room. Um, I don't think uh we talked about this a little bit i don't think new jersey regionals will go as smoothly but we'll have to wait and see registration for that's on the 15th so we'll have to wait and see how that goes but that one we know is capped at uh 950 players i think where this is 1800 um 1800 uh, attendees so i'm not yeah, sure well, if that's this one is like staff or this not, one's but... 1800 including staff right yeah this one yeah i think that how much is staff included. how so, much does staff take up like 200 probably at least like uh, over 100 for sure yeah is it it's definitely over a hundred. You've got so many players. Uh, there's a general rule of thumb. I feel like for like judge per player ratio, I don't know off the top of my head exactly what it is. I don't want to speak it yeah. and then it be wrong. But I think that that is something <laughs> that they definitely always consider is like, how many judges do we have per players 
in the play space. So that that that's definitely like a consideration that they will have. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely feel like uh, New Jersey is going to be a lot more stressful and fill up pretty quickly, pretty much instantly, yeah. if I had to guess. Because the it's, only uh... only nine sixty for all games is not a lot. Yeah, and it's the only East Coast regional now that Florida got canceled. So, and it's pretty cheap to fly up and down the East Coast. Yeah. So, you're gonna have like all the people from Florida, you know, from down south going all the way up to Jersey for sure. Um, I guess the one thing, last thing I'd mention is, yeah, I agree with you. Like, they need to. Maybe they don't want to though. Maybe they're afraid if they advertise regionals and stuff that it's gonna get too big for them to handle. So maybe they like this the pace that it's growing and attendees are coming in at but for then these it's regionals. Like, what's the point of all of this? You know, if you don't yeah, want don't more people to start like. <laughs> I mean, is this just existing for your little tight knit community of players or do you want it to continue to grow and be something bigger? I would hope they want it to continue to grow and be something bigger. I mean, if they're content with where things are at, you know, I mean, I'm, I don't feel like these events are like profitable ventures for Pokemon, right? I mean, it's mostly marketing. It feels like the, yeah. the tournament circuit. Um, so I don't know. The it's uh, it's it's definitely something that I wish and hope that they care about continuing to grow yeah the last thing i'll say on that as well is is you know with ptcg live coming out actually i didn't thought about this until literally us talking about it right here but in a lot of other clients for their games when they have a competitive side of it you like league of legends uh i think magic does the same thing they have you know a little like banner in the game where it says like uh you know this event's coming up or go watch this event while it's live yep. so like when when there's stuff like euic happening there should be a little banner on the home page of the the PTCG live client that says the European International Championship is live this weekend. Um, click here to watch, and then you click on it, and it takes you to uh, maybe there's an in client. Better, best of all, there'd be an in client viewer. I don't know if they would ever be able to do that, but at least take you to your your Chrome window or your Firefox window, or whatever, and pull up the, you know the EUIC streams. Um, so. That's, and that's something I hadn't even thought about, but that's literally you look at any other like client and most of them have something like that. <clears throat> if they have a competitive side to their game, there's always some way to funnel you from, you know, just opening the client to, you can go click on this little banner in the bottom right, bottom left corner of the, of the client. And it'll take you to the, the, the tournaments that you could go sign up for or the tournaments that are uh, being live streamed right now. That would be a great thing to see added. And it's just an easy way to get more eyes on the competitive game um yeah but th that is currently not something that exists within ptcgo or ptcg live and speaking of ptcg live we're definitely going to take some time this week and talk about the various issues that have been going on in the community with ptcg live so it's definitely been a big time discussion point the past few weeks lots of the top content creators uh, have been speaking out about their dislike about various things on PTCG Live. So Azul and I are going to take some time and just talk about the things we don't like about the client, things we do like about the client, where we feel like it has fallen short, because it definitely feels like it has fallen short of what we know it could be, which uh, I know this is something you have said before, is like some of the, one of the things that um, aggravates you the most about situations like this is like missed potential <laughs> and this yeah. is definitely a huge missed potential uh for pokemon yeah i definitely think uh they've definitely come up short uh with ptcg live uh so far i mean the beta came out what seven weeks ago and for those of you who don't know ptcg live is the the new client for the pokemon trading card game on on mobile on desktop you know so you can play it on your on your tablet um or on your phone when you're out just uh walking around you can play the pokemon trading card game um there and it's a new client 
um, I'm sure all of you are familiar with PTCGO. I still run to people in my stream or on my YouTube videos all the time who didn't know about PTCG Live. Yeah. So I know a lot of people still don't know about it. But yeah, PTCG Live is the new client for the Pokemon trading card game, digital client, so you can play it on your computer and whatever. Um, <clears throat> and the beta came out about, you know, was it seven weeks ago? So almost two months. Um, and for me personally, um, I feel like not a whole ton has changed. Now, I don't know what their expectations were to get from releasing the beta. It is only in Canada. Um, so they only release it to, you know, you're, you're supposed to only be in Canada, you know, if you're going to be playing it. But, you know, tons of people, VPNs, VPNing their way into Canada, playing it <clears throat> and, you know, get early access to it. Because who wouldn't want to? It's a huge deal for the yes. everyone in the Pokemon trading card community. Not everyone in like card games in general, but it's a huge deal for everyone in the Pokemon trading card game community. So everyone wants to try it out. Um, and I have to think, I know that is one of the arguments against you know people having so many complaints about it but i don't think they care right like how many extra people are they actually dealing with that vpn over especially because i already i know canadian players who literally can't play the game because they get a, an error bug and they they try and reinstall pdcg live and they still can't get in so it feels like they almost need people to be vpning in there to go find bu find bugs so that that whole part that whole thing is just a mess in general when you even have people who are in canada who can't even play the game so I think that, I mean, you were someone who was calling for forever for something to either a huge, massive update or overhaul to PTCGO or something to replace it. And I think yeah. all of us, whenever PTCG Live got announced at the end of last summer, were ecstatic. We were super pumped about seeing a new game that was going to be developed in-house by Pokemon, not by a third-party developer, which is what... Uh, PTCGO is it's developed not by the Pokemon company developed by Direwolf Digital um, who is you know uh, someone who they've contracted to do that game so we there was there's a lot of reasons to be excited for this game it was going to have a ranked ladder it was going to have crafting which are all things that I think has not having in PTCGO has been bad for PTCGO not having yeah. a ranked ladder a way to uh, you know see where you are at in you know, relation to other players in the world is gives you something to play for. If you're just, all you're doing is grinding games on the PTCGO ladder, you know, it's not ranked. You're just, you know, trying to earn a few, you know, uncommon chests or get a <laughs> single strike Urshifu VMAX or something like that. So having a ranked ladder, eventually, you know, we saw that it had a battle pass, which I think is awesome as well. There's so many good parts of PTCG Live, but it feels like after, you know, you've played it a bunch, I've played it a bunch, the negatives just vastly, vastly outweigh the positives at this point. And it is in beta, which we understand, you know, this is the time where they're supposed to, uh, you know, the players discover different issues and bugs and stuff. But I think that the bugs were way worse than what we would have thought they would be. And also, with it being an in-house developed game, I think everyone in the community was hopeful that any bugs and issues that arose would be fixed super quickly within a reasonable time frame. You know, even a day yeah. or two is pretty quick turnaround when, you know, compared to PTCGO, we had the beast ring, uh, or sorry, beast energy <laughs> bug in the game for nine months or something like that. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, I know that's one that people always go back to because it was just a, a very important interaction that just did not work properly the way it was supposed to. But then PTCG Live comes out and Alessa Sparkle doesn't work how it's meant to. Um, you know, you've got people who play boss's orders and then their entire game freezes. They can't choose anything on their opponent's bench. 
Um, and these issues did not get fixed quickly. They were in the game for weeks. And then when P Pokemon finally released an update and they released patch notes and like directly said, like, these are the things we fixed, you go back in and play the game. And now Alessa Sparkle is broken in a different way where it doesn't uh, previously it wouldn't. Uh, I don't even remember what the initial issue was, was it wouldn't let you. Uh, uh, or it didn't Someone you didn't have to day. choose which Pokemon you were Alessa Sparkle yeah, to yeah. before you played the card, which is literally yeah. what it says on the card. So they went in and fixed that. But then after that update, you couldn't Alessa Sparkle to your active Pokemon, which is a huge yeah. deal <laughs> and a big issue. If you just start your Meloetta and Alessa's, it's like you can't you can't do what you're meant to do with your deck. Um Yeah, and I think there's a couple of big problems with that and how it's handled. So the first one is that you were able to transfer your collection of cards from um, from PTCGO to PTCG Live. And it was a choice. But by doing it, they basically limit your way to play the Pokemon trading card game or the Pokemon trading card game online now, right? You're very limited to basically having to play on PTCG Live when you transfer your, your cards over. Um, and then when you transfer your cards over and then you can't even play the game, um, you know, it makes it a very unenjoyable experience. And I know a ton of people who have transferred over who just kind of stopped playing pokemon online and even if you didn't have to transfer your cards over and if they had gone about it seemingly what seems to be like the the correct way that they should have done it is just it'd be like okay if you want to sign up for an account you get an account and you have everything unlocked right you would have just had everything unlocked you could play with any cards you want obviously you don't get to keep them when the full game launches um that seems like how they probably should have gone about it but even if they had gone about it that way how many people would have actually wanted to play pdcg live i feel like what happened is a bunch of people went from pdcgo to pdcg live got trapped there um and then even though there were the bugs it's the only way to play the game now so they continue to play um but if i think if a lot of people just had had like free accounts like free fully unlocked accounts everyone would have dropped it really fast. And we're like, well, there's so many bugs and it looks bad. Like the, 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 even the, the hollow pattern on a lot of the hollow foil cards looks really, it's just off putting. It's very jarring. It does not look good. When you, when you draw prize cards, it's very jarring. A lot of people, now the avatars are one thing that pretty much unanimously people hate. I personally don't have a problem with them, but I'm more obsessed with trying to like, just play my cards in the correct order um but when i can't do that that's what pisses me off right so the bugs are the biggest thing that kind of pushed me out from wanting to ever play with it anymore so i think even if they had gone the route of giving people about like everyone like free on un fully unlocked accounts um as long as the beta's around i don't think that many people would have stuck around because then they wouldn't have been tied to play there they'd be like well i still have my ptcgo account why would i play where i can't also sparkle to my active when i can just go back to ptcgo and also sparkle to my active uh, and then play against like the there's way more people playing on PTCGO than PTCG live so you have just a better kind of competitive experience as well of just seeing real decks more consistently and stuff like that so i think even if they had to go on that route they really wouldn't have had that many people stick around for that long you know no one's getting paid no these aren't paid beta testers these are just people playing a beta i think it's it feels definitely more like it's an alpha phase and it feels like overall the whole project has been rushed since we initially got that first leaked video of them telling it would release before the end of the year in that video there was a bunch of stuff that was obviously you know not finished yet and then they delayed it six months and now we're here and everything is still seems very unfinished still to to right now so um I, yeah i'm just, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so this game was initially supposed to release when Fusion Strike came out. And we know that because Fusion Strike packs have PTCG Live codes in them. They literally have a code card on them. Where I've got one. Let's see. I think I have one right here. Yeah. It says, <laughs> it says, redeem your rewards. 
play today. <laughs> and yeah. that has been in booster packs for six months and you can't go play today. This is one of the <laughs> biggest marketing misses from Pokemon ever. Like ever, yeah. every single booster pack that someone has opened has a thing on it that says play today and you can't go and play today. Yeah. Huge miss. We're about to come into, we're probably going to be into, before people can play today, we're going to probably be in the third set of play today. And who knows if when people open up uh, whatever Dialga and Palkia set packs that have the play today thing on it, who knows if they'll be able to play today still. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been a pretty rough, a rough thing. And I, yeah, the, speaking to the, the Direwolf thing, what, again, is like, that was one of the biggest things for me with PTCGO. It's like, okay, they're going to Direwolf to have them do it, which is fine. Like, I've, I assume a lot of it isn't Direwolf's fault, right? They can only do as much as Pokemon gives them. So I, the one thing I was hoping for is that the bugs would be fixed, like, fast, right? The bugs and the glitches. And then the visual stuff, too, I, I was thinking that they've got to fix pretty pretty fast as well. Like when you draw a prize card or just the way the gold and hollow cards look, they've been looking terrible for so long. You'd think that these things would get fixed so you could create an enjoyable experience where people want to play the, the Pokemon training card game on PTCG Live instead of PTCGO. So that way you can have more people playing there to actually find these bugs. But I feel like more people are leaving PTCG Live, going back to PTCGO or just not playing at all. And now you're going to be coming out with updates with no one to find the bugs in. So how does the product ever get ready in time for a full release? Are we just going to be in an endless cycle of a beta? I don't know. And there's been a lot of discussion online. I know Andrew Mahone, one of the biggest creators in the game, the Tricky Jim YouTube channel, you know, biggest streamer on Twitch for the Pokemon TCG. You know, he's been saying that this project should be canned, that they should just scrap it and start over with something else. He totally disagrees with the art direction that this game has gone. You know, when you compare this game to other games in this genre, like Magic Arena, like Hearthstone, which is a game that came out like eight years ago as well. Um, <laughs> and you compare it to like TFT or, you know, what are, the Yu-Gi-Oh game that just came out. All of yep. these games look amazing. And PTCG Live just kind of looks a little empty and doesn't really, you know, when you play the other games, you feel like you're really interacting with the cards, the board. Everything feels like it's just one experience. But PTCG Live just feels like a simulator which it doesn't just it doesn't feel like a real game and i think it's always yeah. important to remember when you you know are critiquing things that there are people behind the game development process right you know and any critiques and stuff that we have and i hope that most of the other community has you know we're not a meaning to attack developers um because they are people too you know they are doing their jobs uh, as you know, we don't know the situation of, you know, what resources have been made available to them. But honestly, if there's not enough resource, like there's no reason Pokemon should not have a shortage of resources. Pokemon <laughs> is the most successful media franchise of all time. It's honestly inexcusable that there's not enough resources for uh, them to produce an amazing looking game. Yeah, maybe that's one of the problems. Maybe they have a small team that have been asking for more people on the staff. Because I remember towards the end of last year after they brought up the whole delay like i saw one or two people you know on twitter they were like just got hired to work on PTCG yeah, yeah, Live, yeah. you know after the delay happened right i don't know how many more there are that were out there but they were definitely like oh wait we can't do this with what we have and they hired more people to work on ptcg live but it still seems like they don't have enough people working on ptcg live and whether that be the inexperience of the people they hired or just simply not having enough they need they i mean they, and like i said like if they're super reliant on beta testers right now playing the game i don't think that's gonna maintain for very long like if they don't start fixing things uh drastically 
Right? I mean, so, I don't know then, how it is right now, but I, I I haven't played PTCG Live in a couple weeks, and I don't think you have yeah. either. But towards no. the end of the, you know, a couple weeks ago when I tried to play, it took me like three, four minutes to even get a game, to even find someone else who was playing the game. Uh, like, queue times just seemed to continue to get longer, which means you're going to be seeing less and less results that you may want to try to, you know, things you may want to try to fix in the beta testing process. Yeah, and I guess that's another thing to talk on. I mean, that's that's one of those things with it being a beta. You're right, the queue times are going to be a little bit slower. Uh, but the the flow of the game was just felt really bad, too. And I think that was one of... Uh, uh, Andrew's gripes as well with it. Um, and I think one of the, one of the, the like the almost like universal, not not quite. I want to speak for everyone, but a lot of people dislike the the way it looks, right? The way the board looks. The one thing I really like is the animations when you play a card and the little animations again. But you could yeah, do that yeah. in so many different ways with so many different layouts, right? So that's like it's cool, but you can do it like you know with everything uh, with any kind of layout, right? That. So I think the biggest thing with a lot of people is just the way it visually looks, the avatars feel off, um, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, feels. Uh, feels bad but then even just the pacing and flow of the game feels bad too the animations take forever it's hard it's like the one of the then that was like another thing i was really hoping that they would get right with this would just being able to keep the flow of the game moving like quickly and make it like an enjoyable experience to play your cards you know don't lock yourself don't lock someone out from being able to go to their next action because of a shuffling animation right like why is my deck shuffling for three seconds or two seconds and i can't play a card if it's going to shuffle let me play a card right because that even adds to the atmosphere of being in the game but the shuffling animation should not lock me out of being able to play my next card or to go to my next action neither should some damage counters going across the board from like a i should be able to go to my next action and start using that next action i want to be locked out of being able to do my actions i wanted the game to flow as smoothly and crisply as possible right and i was that was one of the things i was those that was one of the things i was most excited for because that's one of the things that it's always been a kind of a problem on PTCGO, but you go back and play PTCGO and it's smoother and the games are shorter simply because of less animation lag or delay between actions. Like, so that's really an, another, another huge letdown for sure. And I don't know if they have to just scrap it, but I think, I think something drastically has to change to kind of, to kind of right the ship in this one. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine how long or what the process would look like for them to, rework or i mean they can keep the ptcg live name and uh all that stuff but just like you know if they rework the art style the the way that the game looks like that you're talking about recoding most things i feel like in in that they have like almost starting from scratch and i feel like this game has been in development for a while so uh, this game ptcg live is meant to be the future of the Pokemon TCG. This is what's going to get more people involved in playing the game. You're going to be able to play it on your phone, which that has been the number one thing to me that PTCGO has needed that we have not had is just people being able to play on the go. Putting a video game on an iPhone makes it so that instantly any adult in the country has access to it, right? Um Whereas if you are forced, someone has to have a laptop or a computer, which is kind of what the situation was, or a tablet for PTCGO, that's you're just narrowing the player base unnecessarily almost. So uh, putting it on mobile, like there's so many good things about live. It's supposed to be the future of the game. And right now it just, it just doesn't have me excited for the future of the game. If it's meant to be the yeah. future, it doesn't have me excited for it. It's just not a good sign. And even if it's in beta, I don't think that should be an excuse to not be excited about it. Like there should be enough good stuff and it should look good enough and, and feel good enough that you should be excited. Even if there's enough bugs to make you not want to play it right now. Yeah. Um, You should still be super excited about it coming out and happening. But I feel like no one's excited about it. And 
And that's that's like the problem is no one is excited about it. Like almost no one is excited about PTCG Live. Some people are like, hey, it's not the worst thing ever. And I actually enjoy playing it. But I feel like no one's excited, right? Like people don't hate, some people don't hate it or don't think it needs to be scrapped, but they're not excited either, I feel like for the most part. And that's, I mean, that's just kind of scary for the future of the game. And I think... I think Pokemon has to kind of be taking note of all these things and and hopefully <laughs> they will uh you know something Jurassic I feel like they they know that we want something to Jurassic to happen but whether or not they do it I guess is going to be the uh the big question. Yeah, and once again I just want to clarify like we're not saying any of this to come at the people behind the game, the game developers yeah. themselves, you know, I'm sure they're all great people who love the Pokemon franchise. And but just for whatever reason, it that has not that love that I'm sure they have for the Pokemon franchise just does not feel like it has come through in this game because uh, this game is it's struggling. It really is. And it yeah, just unfortunate missed potential like you talked about at the beginning of the show, right? Like, yeah, there is huge potential biggest franchise in the world and just it's not there right now. Yeah, and they got a couple of things, right? Like they brought on like crafting, like obviously a huge thing. Uh, even stuff like cosmetics, like deck boxes and sleeves and coins. Like I've been talking about that for years. Like of them just putting out new sleeves and stuff in PDCGO that they did like once, like a long, long time yeah, ago. It's been a while. Um, and they did give us a ranked ladder, kind of. They need to do more with that though, because like the way it is currently, no one, no, I don't think anyone likes that or respects it as a ranked ladder. Because like you can climb your way up and you can fall down and climb up once you get to that Arceus League level. But you can't see who you're matched up against or if you're number one. Like everyone, You want to be able to play for number one. Yeah. So that's definitely something they need to fix. And that could definitely be something that they're like, this is just kind of what the rank ladder is currently. But maybe there will be a leaderboard, you know, when on the full release. So it'd be cool to know. It'd be nice to know that one way or the other. But if they don't actually have a leaderboard, what are we all supposed to do at the end of the month? Just tweet out our Arceus rank and then we'll like do it ourselves. Like right, right. that's not at that point, it's not a ranked ladder. It's just like. This is your ELO on if it was on PTCGO, but you could see it basically. So. Yeah, and also it's not like a true ranked ladder either. Like one, because like you said, you can't compare yourself to other players, but also two, because you get you gain and lose a set amount of points depending on if you win or lose. Yeah. If you if you win a match, you gain 20 points. If you lose a match, you lose 20 points. No matter yeah. what happens in the game, no matter who your opponent is, in a true ELO system, your points that you gain would be dependent on the opponent that you played against because yeah. if you if you play against someone who's a way higher rank than you you should get more credit for that than if you beat someone who just started off in togepi tier or whatever right <laughs> <laughs> like if you beat someone who's in Ho-Oh or houndoom or charizard whatever uh if you beat someone in a higher tier you should get more points than if you beat someone who's you know way down low in the t in, the, in the rankings and vice versa yeah. if you lose to someone way down low you should lose a bunch of points so there i really do hope they rework that system uh the video game elo system for for vgc they have like a pretty good ranking system that also gives you a clear rank i don't understand why you know they have something that is successful and has worked for them for several games now over the last few years why can't we just take that and apply it to the tcg i, I don't get it yeah, I have no idea. Especially when they're working kind of from like the ground up with this, like they could have just like put it in there, right? They're not like working around some obscure code or something random like that, right? They could just like, all right, we're going to put this in here and well, we're going to make it. And maybe that is their plan. I was hoping when I finally hit Arceus, because uh, I didn't know until I had hit Arceus like that, maybe it did become a true ELO system. Like that's the way a lot of um, games work like that. Like you kind of just grind wins and losses. 
uh, until you get to like in Hearthstone, until you get to Legend, it's just wins and losses, and then you get to Legend, yeah. and then it becomes it's an the ELO same, system. It's the same way in VGC. You, you, yeah. you okay. have wins and losses until you get to the Master Ball tier, which is the highest tier. Yeah, and it's the same thing in Unite, right? That's the way Unite is: it's just wins yeah. and losses, and then you get there, and then you're in, and then you have an ELO system, and you can actually see who's rank one and rank all the, and all the other games have that. And then the latest product comes out, and then it just doesn't have it. It's like, why are you not trying to do something new? and or like why you're not trying to do like add something new and different that they don't have but also you know doing taking all the good stuff that they have and then doing something also new instead they're just bringing something new and getting rid of something good but the new thing is not better than the good thing that we had before so it makes absolutely no sense it's like we're going backwards for no reason so yourself and a lot of other players have kind of gone back to ptcgo like i haven't played ptcg live in a few weeks i was lucky enough you know since i'm a caster i have my caster account still but you actually chose to like go back and start fresh was it and uh, i know you had a lot of help from people you know getting you cards and stuff so you could start playing in tournaments and stuff once again um but yeah i I imagine like not everyone has those resources to go back So, so a lot of people if they transfer their account to ptcgo their only option is to just not play pokemon which is also very sad yeah and that that's the problem with the you know, with the beta, I'm fortunate enough that that um, you know people helped me out, and um, <clears throat> so thanks a huge shout out to everyone who helped me out with cards, um, so I can get back to you know streaming content, making videos, and all that stuff. Because I was definitely, I remember I got back from Salt Lake City and I got onto stream, you know, the day after or whatever. I got back, um, I loaded up PTCG Live, and I like tried to also sparkle to my Meloetta, and I couldn't, and it was just like so. I was just like. I just didn't want to stream anymore. I just didn't want to. I was just like, this is like, I can't play the game. They yeah. took all my cards. They were comfortable with taking all my cards. And yes, I know someone's going to say in the comment section, I've heard it before. I'm not Canadian, right? Right. But like, if the Canadians can't even play the game, they need someone to play the game and be enjoying the game enough to play it so they can find these bugs, right? They were comfortable with taking people's cards, limiting their access to the game to then create an unenjoyable experience to actually even want to play the game. It doesn't make any sense. It's completely backwards. And it just, yeah, it's just rough. So I was super fortunate enough to be able to get access to enough cars to get back on track and play in all the top decks again. So huge shout out to everyone. But yeah, it sucks for anyone who, who doesn't, who doesn't have that kind of, uh, that kind of help to help them, right? All the people who went to PTCG Live was hoping for like an enjoyable experience. Sure, you would hit bugs and glitches and whatever, but to have a completely unenjoyable experience, it'd be like there are very few redeeming qualities of PTCG Live. And maybe the only thing is the crafting. But if you, if, even if you can make a bunch of cards that you can't use because they all have bugs or you play up against an opponent who then bugs out and you can't even play a game, that's how I felt like a third of the games were. Either you hit an unplayable bug or your opponent hit an unplayable bug. <laughs> right. Or your game crashed or their game crashed. Like a third of your games you couldn't even play. And then another third were against like the, the theme decks or whatever. So it was just like... You weren't even really playing the game for the most part, right? Um, yeah, and it just, I don't know, I feel for everyone out there who, who did transfer over now is struggling to, to be able to play the game for sure. It definitely is a very unfortunate situation. Well, I know that Pokemon is listening, right? They, they are very aware that the community yeah. is not pleased with where PTCG Live is right now. So I just hope that they take the feedback, the criticisms that the community has been providing and apply it effectively and get a game plan in place to get things back on track because I believe they can do it. I I just hope that we see the fruits of that and that it does eventually happen. But 
Also, if they could like tell us something, that'd be great. I think that most <laughs> online games nowadays just should have a roadmap of like this is what yeah. our goals are. You know, by this date, we'll release these cards. By you know, because like they're still going back to like the you know, I, I, nobody even really played expanded. I don't feel like on PTCG Live <laughs> just because you couldn't get. I'm sure you couldn't really even get games in it if you tried. But, yeah. Um, like, it's you know, just funny, a roadmap uh, of, like, we're planning to release these sets into the game by this date. You know, we're planning for yeah. the global release by this date. The fact that they took people's cards from their PTCGO accounts seven weeks ago, and we still don't know when the full game is coming out, is honestly just kind of unacceptable. It's just, like, not yeah. okay that we still don't have any... Like, I remember when we were talking about it... Uh, at, before the beta came out, it was like, how long is this beta going to be? And one of the things you said is, like, they're taking people's cards. It surely can't be longer than, like, a month. <laughs> yeah. And it's <laughs> been way yeah. longer than a month. And it, but and if they were going to take people's cards, at least give them an experience where they want to get on and play with their cards. Like, otherwise, don't take people's cards. Just, just be like, if you want to make an account and play with every single card... Trust me, the game's a little buggy, but we're doing our best. But you can have access to all the cards. Go play with the cards. And I, that would help a ton of people out. There's a ton of people out there who just don't have access to cards because yeah. PTCGO is so bad at getting people cards, right, from just playing the game. It's so hard to work for cards. It's almost like you can't just play PTCGO and acquire cards. You have to, like, play a separate game in PTCGO, <laughs> like the trading system yeah, and yeah, playing yeah. in tournaments to try and farm packs. It's like there's two games in PTCGO. You can either play Pokemon, the trading card game, and some or you people have to play do really like that. Game. Some people do really yeah. enjoy that, which you know, it I shouldn't understand. be a requirement to right. play for free, right? Yeah, yeah I <laughs> so, agree. And so that was like that was like another thing that so many people would would definitely jump on and be like, "Well, I don't have Muse, I don't have Arceus, but now I can play Muse and Arceus because they're giving them to me for free on PDCG Live while the beta's running, right?" And then ideally, when the full game launched, it wouldn't be that hard to get cards, which is like another thing I guess we didn't even mention. It doesn't seem like the battle pass and everything is tuned very well to actually even be able to get cards for free if you're just trying to like a free-to-play account although you know if you is this something you're going to be doing for a while committing like you know 100 bucks or whatever to 400 celebrations codes is going to set you up for potentially your whole time playing pdcg live so pretty good investment if you plan to be playing you know the game that much but there should should, should still be a, like a reasonable route to free-to-play which it doesn't feel like is there right now. Well, we've spent pretty much the entire time thus far talking about PTCG Live. Uh, those are our thoughts on it. I, I'm sure that we have many more that we didn't even necessarily air out in this section. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's really disappointing where things are at right now, but hopefully in the future things can get back on track. And uh, speaking of the future, there's a few new cards that are soon to be legal for play uh, at the upcoming international championships. These cards just came out this past weekend, so we figured we'd take a little time to mention them and discuss their competitive potential. You know, they, these have existed in Japan for a while now, but yeah, we'll just talk about the two different cards, the Morpeko V Union, which came out in a collection box, and then also Lucario V and V Star, which had its own premium collection box. So Morpeko V Union, I'll just read both of the cards really quick. I'll just read the Morpeko real quick and we'll talk about it. It's a 310 HP V Union Pokemon. So it's one of those four part cards, um, which honestly up to this point is like a, a mechanic that I feel like was very underexplored. We just have a few different cards in it and they've all been like, I mean, like the Pikachu is like, okay. The, the Mewtwo is <laughs> okay. The Greninja is okay. Right. But they, they've never, 
Optimization's fine too, right? It just does a bunch of damage. Uh, but yeah, here's the more Pekka. We'll see it where this ranks amongst the other V unions. So it has the union gain, gain attack, which all of the V unions have. And this one says attach up to two lightning energy cards from your discard pile to this Pokemon for one colorless. Then its second attack for two colorless is all you can eat. Draw cards until you have 10 cards in your hand, reminiscent of like maybe the good old Big Wheel GX, something like that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, then we've got this third attack, Burst Wheel for a Lightning and two Colorless. Discard all energy from this Pokemon. And then this attack does 100 damage for each card you discarded in this way. So that is key wording there, card, not energy. Um, so double turbo energy when you discard it, it only counts for 100 damage, not for... 200 damage right maybe if uh it counted for 200 damage yeah. for one double turbo this card could you know do a little something but yeah because then you wouldn't even have to play it with probably like uh flaffy you could probably just run it with like you get a lightning and a dt on there and then you're, you're swinging 300 yeah exactly yeah and then it's got the electric ball attack is the last one for a lightning and two colorless it deals 160 damage more peko uh i don't know about this one as well <laughs> Yeah, and it's probably not great. I guess it, I could see you running it with Arceus, though, and making it work, to be honest. You, like, Arceus and then throw a bunch of energy on it, and then you start swinging with that, that burst wheel to get the big one-hit KOs. So I could see I could see it working with Arceus, to be honest. Um, but you have to Arceus, discard course, all the energy. It's not like you can stack. Yeah. Like, if you could stack, nice you like, could. six energies on it and then get two turns worth of attacks out of it, maybe, right? But the fact that you have to discard all the energies and then find a way to get three energies back on it again yeah. makes it a little tough I'm, almost i think arceus is also like one of the best if not like only consistent ways to set up the v union cards because like arceus mm -hmm. can just have such a good turn two and you can like play stuff like the uh, adventures discovery to search search start searching out pieces like i saw towards cheesy v union box with like greninja and mewtwo and it had like meowth and uh adventures discovery with arceus and you like got one of them out and then arceus set it up um so i mean that's the best way to play it but i don't think it's i don't think it's very good it's also weak to fighting and like being weak to fighting just isn't great right now unless you're arceus because arceus is just so good but even arceus has to deal with itself being weak to fighting so you throw your other attacker and they're being weak to fighting and then you know the urshifus and the zapdos are going to give you a little bit of trouble so not great but it feels like the V unions, they weren't ever trying to make them good. They were just supposed to, but it doesn't even feel like they're like good, like meme cards either. It just feels like they were, it's almost like they were trying to make them good, but they're just not. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, don't I just know. think the nature of how you have to get them in play is always going to make them a little weak because if you just prize a piece of it, you can't get it in play. Yeah. Um, but then why not make them a little bit more powerful? So when you do do it, you're actually like winning the game already just by putting it in. Play. I mean, I don't I know. Like, that been like Mewtwo's pretty good. Spreading 16 damage counters, like that's a lot of damage spread. It does 300 damage. That's a lot of damage. Pikachu V Union sure. item locks and also does 250, <laughs> right? You know, put a choice belt on it, you're one shotting Arceus's. So. I think that some of them, like, they're pretty powerful, but, they, I mean, I think that the big thing holding the mechanic back is just the nature of prize cards in the Pokemon TCG. Yeah, so that's going to make it the hardest for it. There's no way to look at our prize card. Oh, we have Peonia, Peonia I guess. Peonia, but... right. Maybe if, like, yeah. Azelf existed, right, you could yeah. uh, get fetch that specific Pokemon out, or even Gladian, something like that. Uh, Peonia yeah, just but not is, great. is kind of weak as a prize search card compared to the other ones we've had in the past. Yeah, but the the other one, uh, the other card, a little bit better. 
um lucario v star i'll read the v real fast first i guessed uh 210 hp although the v isn't you know the, the main the main attraction here uh 210 HP, and then for colorless, colorless 50, discard a special energy from your opponent's active Pokemon. Not bad. And then fighting, uh, was it fighting colorless, colorless uh, 120. So, yeah, pretty standard V Pokemon, not great. Uh, discarding a special energy, though, you never know when that could come in clutch against like a Mew or even or even Arceus, to be honest. Uh, and then the V Star, uh, 270 HP. Uh, the first attack is fighting colorless, colorless 120. And if uh, your opponent's active as a Pokemon V, you do 120 more. So that's 240. Um, and then the V star or V star power is an attack for uh, fighting in a colorless uh, or a star uh, 70 times the amount of energy attached to all of your opponent's Pokemon. So pretty good against Arceus, but it is weak to psychic. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think it'll struggle currently uh, just because Mew VMAX is really good, really popular, and also resists fighting. Unless you can pair this with something to, you know, give you like a 50-50, maybe just like slightly unfavored in that matchup. I don't know what you pair it with. Let's get some Moltres in there, but uh, not a bad card, but definitely struggles because of Mew. Yeah, I, I saw someone today comparing this to Victini VMAX, right? Where for it's effectively a stage one that for two energy, one hit KOs every basic V in the format. So you have the potential to just be super aggressive with this card, get a double turbo on it, get a basic fighting on it, boss's orders, you're targeting down your opponent's setup. The fact that it is a fighting type does also give you the edge against the ever popular Arceus V-Star. Obviously, Arceus has potential counters with things like Dunsparce, but yeah, I mean, I think Lucario is pretty solid. Aura Star can get in there and hit really hard. If your opponent has four energies in play, you're doing 280. Slap a Choice Belt, that's uh, 310. So you're one-hit KOing basically everything relevant in the meta. Um, I guess that uh, the Mew uh, <laughs> minus uh, 30 resistance actually does prevent you a little bit there, but um yeah <laughs> yeah i mean aura star can definitely still get in there against most a, a lot of different decks um i think that this card could be a little better when the next set comes out and the gritty pickaxe or uh uh gusty pickaxe it's something like that uh, i don't know that we even have the english name for it necessarily yet but whenever that card comes out you know maybe that energy acceleration you can make a lucario in one single turn with like a rangaroo plays that's got some potential i feel like um I, I mean overall i think i'm i think i'm more of a fan of this card than you are i could definitely see it doing okay uh being weak to psychic like you mentioned is not great um do you think there's any chance azul that we see either of these two cards make any sort of splash at the european international championships in just a couple weekends it seems like this happens every once in a while where some new promo card comes out right before a major tournament and out of nowhere makes a little bit of a splash. Um, I don't think so. Unless someone can make, somehow pair it with something where it kind of can kind of deal with Mew. Because besides that, like it's pretty probably pretty good against most other things. Like Jolteon has started to creep back into the meta. Oh, destroys good that, against right? That. <laughs> good against the Arceus decks, probably for sure. Even if they have the Dunsparce in play, like um i mean just hitting them so hard if you can just come out with some like other little chip damage at some point that would work maybe you're playing it with inteleon i don't know uh but i think mew is probably just it's going to be the most popular deck for pretty much every tournament i think um so i don't think and you can't and you're also weak to malamar i guess malamar is a pretty popular deck right now as well a pretty solid deck so being weak to psychic just sounds like a, a bad time <laughs> it just sounds like a bad time right now i think 
So I don't think so. I don't think it uh, it'll make a splash, but I would love to be surprised. As always with these kind of things, like I would love it if someone, you know, top eights the EUIC with Lucario V-Star. Do I think it'll happen? No, but it'd be cool if it did. We'll see what ends up happening with the two new cards. I don't think we'll see any more Pecos making a splash. I would be surprised if we saw any of the V-Unions making a splash, uh, to be honest. But, you know, who, who knows? Arceus uh, enables all things, it feels like, right now in the Pokemon TCG. So now it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the Uncommon Energy podcast. Of course, guess that flavor text where I give Azul a piece of text from a Pokemon card, the flavor text in the bottom right corner, read it out to him, and he gets to guess what Pokemon that is. It's Azul's turn this week. Last week, Azul gave me a guess, and uh, spoiler alert if you have not watched it yet, it was not Chadot, as I thought. <laughs> I, I did not know my Primarina that well, unfortunately. But So Azul, all time in the series, is up 1-0 and and has a chance to get pretty far ahead if you can get it correct here this week. Are you ready, buddy? I'm ready. All right. Researchers have observed these Pokemon reproducing in industrial waste sites. <clears throat> these what, these researchers have <laughs> researchers have observed these Pokemon reproducing in industrial waste sites. Okay, industrial waste sites. So like trash, or I mean, it makes me start to think about Trubbish, but I guess it would probably be Garboder and not Trubbish. Um, it was a Garboder. I can't think of any other Pokemon that would be hanging around a waste site besides Garbodor. I'm trying to think about Pokemon that have anything to do with waste or trash. I feel like there's got to be at least one other or two other. I was thinking maybe I, I when you said in, in industrial, I was thinking like Kling Clang or something, but. I don't think they're they're hanging around like waste very much. But I mean I can't come up with anything, so I think my guess has to be Garbodor. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Garbodor. A good guess, but unfortunately incorrect. Yeah, it, it could any poison type Pokemon as well. It could have literally been any poison type Pokemon. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah, uh, the correct answer is wheezing. Uh, okay yeah that makes and sense That's more right. specifically yeah, <laughs> this bit of flavor text comes from the dark wheezing from the team rocket set back from 2000 i think to yeah the year 2000 so uh quite an old or sorry 2001 2001 i believe i think maybe if i even if i had thought to like think of poison pokemon i probably still would have come back to garbador but then maybe i would have gone with something else because i'd be like i don't think chip would pick <laughs> A Garbodor, so maybe then I would have ended up on a Poison Pokemon, and Weezing would have been Weezing or Muck, I guess, would have been pretty good guesses at that point. Although Muck's kind of in the sewers most of the time, isn't he? Something like that. I mean, I'm sure he finds his way into some industrial waste sites from time <laughs> to time, and who knows what goes down there? You know what I mean? <laughs> so there you go. Azul does not gain an even bigger advantage next week. I will do my best to tie things up. I felt so confident with my guests last week, and I, I just I was not correct. So, uh, no, not quite. once again, I mean, similarly though, you felt pretty confident. It seems like in in your guest this week. 
also. I mean, I just couldn't think of anything else, so I have to go with that at the end of it, right? Sure. Um, yeah. But um, moving along, um, looking at the format currently, I mean, we just had four regionals back to back, back to back, and now we've had you know nothing last week, nothing coming up this weekend. The weekend after, of course, is going to be uh, EUIC. Um, and it does kind of feel like in general, I mean, it feels like the regionals definitely help move the format along a little bit, although it kind of feels like we almost went in a loop a little bit with the way it went, where we kind of, um, there was like some innovation in the middle. And at the end of it all, it was just Bruno using Arceus and Teleon, one of the decks that would have been the most hype for the first weekend of regionals and kind of fell off in the mid and then came back around and won the last regional. Um, so that's kind of funny that we kind of almost went in like a loop of the, the format. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty established as to what are kind of the top decks right now. And then we've been seeing, I've been seeing a lot more people play, you know, of course, getting back into the, like the online tournaments and stuff, playing in those again, a lot more people don't play what they even think is like their be- the best deck or um, the deck they think is there. They would even do the best with. They kind of just play whatever they want to um, and whatever they're having the most fun with. Um, so, you, of course, you see a lot more meme stuff in the, the online tournaments for that reason. Um, and then also there's just a much wider access to a ton of people being able to play in those there's a lot of people who just like don't take the game as seriously or as competitively or playing in these tournaments you know just kind of uh play their favorite deck or whatever so we've definitely hit a little point in the meta i think which happens with all sets and then who knows maybe euic will bring some new spice but where the the format has definitely hit a little bit of a uh, a lull yeah it feels like we get to this point in pretty much every format where the meta's kind of figured out, you know, we know what the best couple of decks are. People, you know, have their little counter decks that, you know, they try to come in and make it happen, but the best of decks are still the best decks for a reason. Uh, this is all, you, you you always, you know you're at this point in the format where you see people picking up things like Stonejourner VMAX and <laughs> Leon Zard going back to some of their favorite meme decks from the past few years and giving them another try. You know, maybe Azul will play some Mad Party or something like that this week <laughs> um yeah but i feel i feel like we get to this point in pretty much every single format and i almost feel like in this instance maybe it's just the group of people i've been talking with uh, it feels like a lot of people are kind of um maybe a little worn out of the format right now where like all of yeah. the decks you know you've played them all to um, you know, the highest level you can, you've learned how the Mew deck works, you've learned how the Arceus and Tellian deck works, and so you just kind of feel like, yeah, I know how these decks function, um, I'm just waiting for another event to happen, and that's kind of where it feels like a lot of players are sitting right now. Yeah, definitely a little bit, and also I think, yeah, maybe a little bit ready for that next set. I, I think it would be just be nice to see something push Mew out of the meta, because it's been uh, top dog um, for so long, um, and it's definitely like solidified as the top deck last format this format um definitely has a contender in arceus but i think it would just be nice to see that leave <laughs> leave leave for a little bit maybe it comes in and out of the meta right like that'd be fine if Mew goes away for the first couple of weeks of the the mighty anna and dark Rye, and then things kind of change up with that and then and it makes that, its way back uh, in because and samurott yeah. as well seems like a pretty decent card too yeah so there, there's a lot of stuff I think coming from you in the next set. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens at EUIC. Um, and speaking of which, do you have any early predictions for EUIC? You know, is it time for Mew to dominate once again? You know, it totally dominated the first regionals in Brisbane, but since then, it's had a couple top eights here and there. You know, uh, notably absent completely from the top eight in Salt Lake City. Um, 
you know, is it Muse chance to dominate once again, or is Arceus good enough to, you know, take the event down itself? Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if like either deck one, I think. Well, sure. Muse dominance just kind of depends on, on how many of the better players choose to play it. Like, I think that's literally just what, it, and I think it's what we saw for the most part. Um, throughout um throughout the regional so far the best players in australia you know played it and it, it for the most part dominated that one we saw the exact opposite at salt lake city so we saw none of them in top eight a little bit more of a mix at liverpool uh and sao paulo regionals and there's a little bit there's some of them making their way in um and some of them not being there as well so i think it's kind of just what it comes down to is just like how many of the, the better players that are going to show up to the tournament are going to play mu and that's kind of the way it is no matter what like if all the best players probably played like Malamar, Malamar would do really, really, really well, right? So sure. that's always going to be the way it is, no matter what. But I guess you know, Mew is a little bit bigger of a talking point because um, it's just kind of that deck that I think more people expected to do better. And I was one of those players. But once you see the reasons why it didn't do better, it just also kind of makes sense, right? So, well, I think um, that a lot of the top players have leaned away from Mew for a few reasons. I mean, obviously, I think people recognize the power that the deck has. You know, especially just how strong it can be. On the first turn of the game, the Meloetta, yeah. 210, 240 damage uh, is really just not something that should be possible, but it is, and <laughs> it can just win you games instantly, um, yep. which is what I think it sticks out in a lot of people's minds when they think of the deck. But I feel like a lot of the top players actually dislike that type of play because the game feels very out of your control. It's, do I draw into these combo pieces? Do I flip my heads on my Cramomatic? Do I set everything up I need to to just push my opponent out of the game really quickly? Um, or you could play an Arceus deck where you have a lot more playability with your Starbirths. You know, there's a lot more skill involved. Anytime you're searching your deck multiple times in a turn or have multiple deck search effects, the deck is going to be more skill intensive because you have more, the more decisions there are to make, the more skill intensive the deck is. And so I think that's why we've seen, at least in America, so many of the American players gravitate towards Arceus decks, and then even in uh, Liverpool and in Sao Paulo, so many players gravitating towards Intellian decks, you know, because they naturally have a bit more skill involved. Yeah, I mean, I still think Mew is the hardest deck to play in general, and I think that's not a reason the best players in the world aren't playing it. Although, if you're not putting the time into Mew, you don't really know Mew. Like, I figure out new ways to play Mew in matchups, like, every time I play the deck. Like, there's so much more depth to that deck than I think a lot of people realize. Um, and it's not something you're going to utilize every single game because some games are going to come down to, oh, did I hit the turn one mellow at a knockout or not? Um, but I think a lot of people think that that's the only thing you can do on your second turn as well, which is why a lot of people stumble with the deck when they should be getting more wins. Is like you just sometimes all you have to do is put a fusion strike energy in play and it puts your opponent in such an awkward spot on their follow up turn that you can just take over the game on your turn two going second. So I think there's just like a lot more a lot more depth to the deck than than most people realize. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's like unbeatable and it does definitely does feel nice to play a deck like an arceus deck where you can make that game go a little bit longer and have a you know more turns is more options and more choices which is generally going to lead to you know the better player winning majority of the time so uh, I heard I was watching Grant stream earlier today. For those who don't know, Grant Manley, one of the top players in the world, uh, you know, been a top 16 contender for the past couple of years. I think at the end of the 20. 
20 season that got cut short, he was ranked number one at the end of the, when, whenever things got cut short. Um, so, you know, but definitely someone who's also known in the community for having very polarized opinions, right? To where, uh, <laughs> and he's very brash, uh, uh, or harsh with his opinions, but, uh, watching him stream today, he was talking about Mew a little bit. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on his take on the deck where he said Mew has a 50 50 against everything where you either on turn one, push your opponent out of the game and just win in the first couple turns or the game goes longer and you just brick and lose to path and Marnie. I, mean, I don't think he knows what psychic leap does. And if he thinks he can't make the game go long, <laughs> um, no, they, I don't mute Mew, Mew, Like I said, Mew has a lot more depth than I think a lot of people think. And you just got to play it a lot to like see all the possibilities, but yeah, Mew is, uh, I think there's a, because the, the way the deck is generally played is fast and aggressive. You're trying to take these ridiculous knockouts and overextend, but I think people don't understand that you can play pretty slow with Mew. You have a 308, 310 HP Pokemon that your opponent just most of the time cannot KO. You don't have to one-hit KO their Pokemon, um, or you don't even have to take a knockout on your turn, or you don't have to one-hit KO a two-prize Pokemon. You can go KO a Sobble or a Drizzile. Um, and just set up for a bigger play on the following turn. I think people like everyone sees that one big play you can pull off with Mew every single turn, but they don't see the other play where you take a little bit slower of a route and set up for a bigger play on your following they turn. They smell the that's blood in the water, are, uh, and it's like, I've got to find yeah. three power tablets this turn. <laughs> yeah. If I don't find three power tablets, I'm going to lose the game, so I'm going to dig for it. I'm going to dig, and I'm going to dig. Oh, I whiffed. I lose. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I think a lot. That's why I think most people ha look at Mew and look at Mew as a deck, as that's what it can only do, and that's what the way people play it. Uh, but people forget that you literally have a 310 HP V Max Pokemon that just can't be KO'd. So sometimes it's okay to just take a hit and trade hits for a turn to set up for something bigger on the following turn. Well, I'm excited to see what's going to happen at the European International Championships. What decks will come out on top? What players may uh, you know? come out on top as well of course you know many of the best players in the world will be in attendance so i'm going to be looking forward to seeing what exactly is going to happen and i think that is going to conclude our episode for today thank you all so much for listening to the uncommon energy podcast if you did enjoy please be sure to leave us a rating on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on it is the easiest and fastest way to show your support it takes just a couple seconds and it really does mean a lot and if you're watching on youtube be sure to drop a like subscribe to the channel so you don't ever miss a single episode be sure to check out the Uncommon Energy podcast on all of our social medias, on YouTube, on Twitter, and also over on TikTok. Still haven't done quite much with the TikTok <laughs> yet, but we've got some plans. we got some plans. Don't worry. Um, yeah. Azul, any other closing thoughts? Nope, nope. Thanks for, uh, thanks, for, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Appreciate the uh, 1500 on YouTube. And uh, see you uh, next Tuesday next Tuesday, every Tuesday, 7 a.m. Eastern. Don't miss an episode, and good luck to anyone who's got any 1Ks going on this weekend, and uh, we will see you all next week. Thanks for listening.